Hello, and welcome to the 2023 Critical Care Congress edition of the Society of Critical Care Medicine podcast. I'm your host, Marilyn Bullock. Today, I am pleased to be joined by Judy Jacoby, PharmD, NCCM, and BCCCP to discuss the mission of the SCCM LEAD program. LEAD stands for Leadership, Empowerment, and Development Program. Many of you may know Dr. Jacoby, but she is an experienced board-certified critical care pharmacist. She's also the past president of SCCM and is currently the senior consultant for Bysant. Bysant. <laughs> Many of you may also know Dr. Jacoby was the past president of the American College of Clinical Pharmacists and spent over 40 years at IU Health at the bedside as an ICU pharmacist in a wide variety of different critical care settings. So welcome, Dr. Jacoby. And before we start, do you have any disclosures? Well, I obviously am a consultant with Vsant and get paid for work on the pharmacy practice model. Otherwise, I am part of an advisory board for the Pfizer Hospital Products Division, but none of that has any impact on my work on the new LEAD committee. And as you mentioned before, LEAD is brand new for SCCM. What's the reason that SCCM is creating this new product line? So SCCM has been an absolute leader in clinical training, research training, and a variety of other educational initiatives. But we've recognized for many, many years that we have many potential leaders for the organization, but more importantly, potential leaders in their own home setting that need additional support and opportunity to hone some of those skills. And so this was started actually as a task force in 2019 to begin to set some of the parameters and background for how we could build a knowledge line for SCCM in non-clinical areas. And we were pleased to become an official committee starting in 2022, and that's given us the opportunity to use our multidisciplinary leaders from, you know, every group that we have to help develop this new programming line. Now, when we talk about leadership, and and you have probably heard this a million times in your career, everybody, especially the people who are just getting started in their career, one of the first things they want to know is, how'd you get involved? Like, where did this come from? So lots of practice along the way. Uh, When I joined SCCM, there were just a handful of us, and we had the opportunity to serve on many different committees and task forces within SCCM and learn the model, emulate incredible leaders that came before us, and obviously contribute to lots of growth and development of critical care pharmacists, uh, but also the role of critical care pharmacists within the organization. So just, you know, in my case, a lot of practice and, and many, many opportunities that I was privileged to take and continue that growth. I did obviously have other local mentors that I considered to be incredible leaders and learned as much as I could really at every phase of my career. And and you really are somebody that we all look up to. With LEADS specifically, though, what led to your involvement with that program and task force? Yeah, so the task force was started with Fred Agnabeni, who had been at the NIH and as a past president, and myself. 
And really because of our past leadership experience, as well as organizational experience and ability to get things done. And so he and I helped build the concept along with a small task force of other prior leaders within the organization. And because there is so much need for people to learn, you know, the basics from everything that they need to perhaps run a meeting when they've not done that before, to being on a much bigger stage of perhaps a, a department leadership, that there were just a lot of ways we could help fill in those blanks along the way. Now, you talked about that just a little bit, but maybe let's discuss who you envisioned your audiences for this program. So we felt that with SCCM and, and some of the other professional organizations that there was more attention to the development of fellows and early trainees, but that people who were out in perhaps their first job, that they might need support in ways that they hadn't been prepared in their training program. So when we started, we kind of thought, well, we'll have like this early career group and then we'll focus on the mid-career group that perhaps are considering changes in what they do or how they do it. And then we ought to address the late career group who might be thinking about, well, you know, what kind of legacy am I going to leave or am I going to be ready to retire when I want to retire? And so that was our starting point. Uh, but it's kind of interesting because it's really evolved. What we recognized is that people get called upon to do non-clinical slash leadership activities really pretty much at any point in their career. And so while there are a few things we've kind of geared toward people at different points in their career, we realize that life is very fluid and you might need anything at any point. And so we've really tried to establish our educational components, keeping in mind that uh, sometimes people just need a bit of on-demand assistance. Well, I want to really commend you for the mid-career and even the late career piece because I feel like sometimes those practitioners get left out with so much focus on the new careers and provide, you know, we do, we exhaust a lot of our energy on them and they need it, but I think it's great. What specific activities do you look for offering each one of these groups in the future? So we've really tried to capitalize on a lot of different platforms and have had so far a number of volunteers from within the lead committee, as well as from other people that we've tapped to do micro-learning recordings uh, that people can do in the comfort of their own home, targeting less than 15 minutes to hit one very focused topic, perhaps in depth. And so we're capturing a growing stable of those topics. We've already had several webinars on uh, leadership-focused uh, topics, but really considering where we were in the COVID world, focusing on staff and team support and individual support, burnout type of topics, team support topics. And so we're going to continue that focus, but use the webinar platform for a variety of other topics. And then hopefully we'll be rolling here soon as well with podcasts, again, to find different ways that we can prepare content that people can use in the way they like to use content. And we're, so we're probably going to try and have maybe quarterly themes with a webinar anchoring and, and some of the other topics and media to enhance that. Now, for anybody who's listening to this podcast and thinks, oh, I might like to go see that. You mentioned burnout. I know I was looking this afternoon and noticed one on 
mentoring, what specifically would you say might be the most interesting to someone who is at that point where they've just been given something and they're just trying to survive at this point? Oh, gosh, yeah. And so, um, again, it you know, recognizing that people need a whole continuum of content, the micro learnings in particular, we have the opportunity to really focus on some more basic how-tos or here are the high point things you really need to consider before you endeavor to take this on. But again, with the webinars, that's going to allow us to get into much greater depth on a, a given topic. And then we have the privilege here at Congress of having a pre-con, a whole day session that we divided up into kind of team activity, team support, building a team, kind of focused areas, then went into some of the kind of nuts and bolts of unit finances, how to build quality improvement into your day-to-day -day work, how to read a contract, and uh, what sort of things you might need to think about. And so tools for individuals who at some point are going to be confronted by those types of activities to really kind of enhance, you know, obviously training for that leadership of others, but also direction of yourself. So I was listening to you talk about the different areas that you were covered in this pre-Congress session. And they're like, we don't learn any of that in school. And, uh, you know, like you, I've also been involved with medical trainees and I know nurses probably don't as well. So if we train these clinicians to do really good health care, but so many other aspects of their job, they're almost just left to sink or swim. So it sounds like that's kind of where you're going. Now, you mentioned earlier that a lot of your content is microlearning, which to be fair, that's how people are learning these days. They have a spare 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I think we have learned, especially at this Congress, is people are so happy to be back together again and to see one another. So are there any plans for any other live get-togethers or live educational settings? One of our big challenges, and true of everyone who does adult education, is how can we make this more interactive? And so we've already started planning with the assumption that we'll have a, a session of some sort next year in terms of how can we incorporate more of the interactive training, role-playing, simulation, that type of thing. But honestly, one of the big platforms we used in the pre-con this year was with the networking tables. And although we had envisioned that there would be opportunity for people to kind of flow around from one topic leader to another, it became very self-directed and interactive and people just addressed questions to their group that they all either needed some support on, affirmation on, querying our mentors. And what we're really hoping to do is help establish some of that networking and mentorship opportunities by giving people a chance to meet others and, and meet our current leaders. The lead had an interesting webinar recently about the end of mentorship as we know it. I know we want to definitely attract our listeners to go view that webinar more in depth, but can you maybe just give us a little spoiler about what that was really focusing on? Well, we've recognized that mentors can occur really in, in many different ways. You, you know, you might need a mentor for one particular aspect of your career. So it can be a relatively short-term relationship. I think traditionally we think of a mentor as somebody we're going to have lifelong and, and, you know, carry with us into the future. Just 
to help us map our whole career. And that's still, I think, valid. But again, as as people have more kind of immediate needs and, and changing focus, just being willing to look for somebody who can really kind of guide them perhaps in a more specific area rather than, you know, their lifelong career. And, and importantly, that it can be someone from a different background. And I value the nursing mentors that I had throughout my career tremendously, but, you know, just that people are willing to not make any assumptions about who, who's the ideal mentor or what kind of person they need to be their mentor. Just help people think out of the box a little. That's great. I know that's a, something that we've heard a lot about different mentor models moving on. So any of you haven't had a chance to go view that webinar, I highly encourage you to do so. Looking back, you've had an esteemed career, and I think it, we would be wrong for not saying that. As you look back in everything that you've done, you've been president of two national organizations. You've been a well, you've helped really one of the forefronters for pharmacy postgrad training. You've just done so much. But looking back now, if you could think back to to Judy when she first started, you know, right out of pharmacy school, everything, you know, had this program like this existed, what do you wish someone would have told you and that you could have gotten out of this? Knowing everything you know now. You know, I think it's it's interesting because I think leaders can always be trained. And in my case, the leadership training started at a very young age, honestly, in Girl Scouts and other high school related clubs and activities that you know, it's just kind of nice to kind of learn incrementally along the way. And, and, you know, you make mistakes running a meeting badly and, and hopefully learn from it for the next time. But gosh, it wasn't until I got into the organizational formal leadership that I got some of the formal training. And, you know, here's how you really should organize an agenda and allocate individual amounts of time and get people prepared to discuss the topics you want them to prepare. And so some of that structure, I think, would have come in very handy as I was given the opportunity to do more and more activities like run meetings. And very often that came with peer groups. You know, I project the hospital and and I'm pulling in either some of my colleagues or a multi-professional group. And now we're going to set a plan to do something. People kind of take that for granted because it happens so often. But the, the more prepared you feel going in to how to do that effectively and make use of everyone's time, probably the better. Now, you've had a lot of experience starting things from the ground up, and so I'm not surprised that you're you're at the forefront of leading this, and it's still in its infancy, but, you know, and before we know it, 10 years will have passed by. <laughs> so what's your, your vision, your goal for this program? Where do you want to see it in 10 years? Well, I, I think probably the biggest opportunity is for for SCCM with its multi-professional model to give people an opportunity to, you know, really learn from the best, practice in a safe space, especially for something that then maybe you have to take home and, and do for real. And that people don't consider it as something different from their day-to-day role, that people just have more opportunities to recognize that in many ways, we're leaders 
every day just with the interactions we have with our teams and families and that there's always a better way to do things. And so I am hoping that it becomes as big a learning platform as many of our other practice and research related areas. And here at this 2023 Congress, there have been actually many other topics that are in this leadership realm that the lead committee had nothing to do with, but I think we're really happy that all the participants are getting some exposure to that focus as well. And some of those topics have absolutely been outstanding. So if any of you are out there listening and you have a chance to listen to these sessions from the Critical Hair Congress, I certainly encourage you to do so. Just a few more questions. And one is that you start to think sometimes things change dramatically over the years and sometimes they don't. So what do you think the challenges that are out there today for the young clinician getting started? How do they differ from maybe when you were getting started versus how are they pretty much the same? Oh, I think probably the biggest difference is that we have a whole generation of clinicians who were raised that patient care is a team sport, and that wasn't necessarily the case when I was coming up. So I think the advantage is that the team members are hopefully going to seek out that level of work as a group and seek out and have greater, you know, in some cases, greater respect for the role of their teammates. But I also think, with all due respect to the fact that SCCM focuses on an intensivist-led model, that in our day-to-day, it doesn't have to be the physician that is leading, you know, a group of ducklings. Nurses can lead rounds. Honestly, pharmacists can lead rounds. Any one of our members of the team can. And so by being able to elevate individuals to do what they do best in any particular setting, I think is only going to enhance the strength of the whole team. That's such a good point. You know, I think my personal view is that critical care medicine and maybe geriatrics, which is not always mutually exclusive from one another, Mm -hmm. they probably handle interprofessional work among the best in medicine. I don't know, that might be, you might disagree with that view, but that's kind of how I it looks to me. I consider SCCM one of the leaders going back, you know, here we've celebrated our 50th anniversary recently. And you look at the founding documents and that was the structure that they established. So I just, I think anything we can do to enhance that sense of teamness and supportive teams and supportive individuals on the teams will help. And so you mentioned that LEAD is in its infancy. And honestly, I don't know that there's been a true big splash official start, although they kind of hinted at it in the opening session. (laughs) But we've been kind of waiting till we have a a big library of content. It is going to be kind of a separate program. and, And I don't know entirely how the economic structure is going to work as yet. Certainly for the pre con, we recorded that information, but it will be only available, at least initially, to the people who were at the pre-con. So just being part of Congress on Demand, you can't get that content seamlessly. But we really are continuing to build content. But in the area, for example, of microlearning, we know that there's super talented people throughout SCCM, especially when it comes to multimedia. And so if somebody has an idea for a topic that they would like to record as a volunteer and donate to the library of topics, we would 
absolutely adore that. And so certainly people can contact me. Uh, we want to just, you know, open the tent to anybody who wants to participate and help you help your colleagues and help us at the same time. So that was kind of, you answered my next question. I was going to ask how leaders, you know, this is, when you talk about leaders, they, they want to be part of it. They want to not necessarily have a seat at the table, but they want to serve. And so you talked about if someone has an idea, how they can email you. And I certainly encourage any of the listeners that are there that want to do that. It would be an amazing opportunity. What are other ways volunteers can lend their expertise to this initiative, especially if they're not a speaker, but they want to do something else? We already have a pretty big committee and every year there's the committee sign up opportunities. So, you know, to get on an SCCM committee, you have to be a little braggadocious, but tell us what you've done in an area or why it's a passion for you when you do your committee sign up. And just as evidence of the, the existing committee members and their passion about the topic, if we raise an idea, we'll have four volunteers from just within our own committee. So we recognize that there's a lot of expertise and, and maybe even some specialty specific areas. So we have, as I said, a multi-professional panel, but, you know, if there's something that you and your colleagues feel like you really need and you've gone out and helped solve that for the four people you work with, recognize that there's a lot of other people who probably need it as well. And so although we're trying to be generic for the multi-professional team. You know, if there's something a pharmacist specifically needs or some role that, you know, really helps you deal with your trainees or residents or students, it's probably going to apply to other people. And so that's why we really want people to come forward and, and say, hey, here's what I need. This sounds like a great opportunity for so many of our members to get involved. Well, we're almost out of time here today, but before we go, I just want to give you an opportunity to say anything else about LEAD maybe that we didn't get a chance to discuss today. Well, I, you know, I think probably the biggest thing is my kudos to the, the whole group that have been involved up to this point to help us get to this point. And Drone Lee will be taking over as the chair with Sergio Zanotti as his co-chair, and I'll be sticking with him. And we really feel like this is going to be a really important year to help us cement our role as a resource for our membership. So just want to really give my thanks. Thanks to all the work that they've done and our two staff partners, Ariel and Dawn, who have contributed much of their energy and time as well. Thank you so much for being here. All of our listeners, thank you for listening. If any of you do want to get involved, whether you're participating or just listening to the content, again, I highly encourage you to do so. This concludes another edition of the Society of Critical Care Medicine podcast. For the Society of Critical Care Medicine podcast, I'm Marilyn Bullock, and thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded during the Society of Critical Care Medicine's 2023 Critical Care Congress. Access essential education online through Congress Digital. More than 120 sessions are available on an easy-to-use platform. Continuing education credit is also available. Some SCCM members receive complimentary access to Congress Digital. To learn more, visit sccm.org slash congressdigital. Marilyn N. Bullock, PharmD, BCPS, FCCM, is an associate clinical professor and director of strategic operations at Auburn University Harrison School of Pharmacy. She is also an adjunct associate professor in the Department of Family, 
Internal and Rural Medicine at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, USA, and the University of Alabama, Birmingham School of Medicine. Join or renew your membership with SCCM, the only multi-professional society dedicated exclusively to the advancement of critical care. Contact a customer service representative at 847-827-6888 or visit sccm.org slash membership for more information. The SCCM podcast is the copyrighted material of the Society of Critical Care Medicine and all rights are reserved. Find more episodes at sccm.org slash podcast. This podcast is for educational purposes only. The material presented is intended to represent an approach, view, statement, or opinion of the presenter that may be helpful to others. The views and opinions expressed herein are those of the presenters and do not necessarily reflect the opinions or views of SCCM. SCCM does not recommend or endorse any specific test, physician, product, procedure, opinion, or other information that may be mentioned.